Hi everyone and welcome back to Chooch Chat's A Quarantine Travel Guide. I'm Zach and we will check in with Tony later. This is another entry from my journal detailing where I was, why, how, and what was happening when the shit was hitting the fan last March due to COVID-19. This is almost exactly one year ago, which feels both appropriate and insane. Keep in mind that I am doing what I am doing in this story to the best of my abilities. This is before quarantine protocol was well known. Masks in mass were not commonplace. Social distancing was not a term common to most people's vernacular. I was truly rolling with the punches because that was all I could do in the moment. I think that's what should be expected of anyone anyway. Also, I think it is safe to say that one person's COVID-19 protocol wasn't the same as the next. We were all figuring it out. We're all still figuring it out. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I love you. Keep on moving. I am currently in the Louis Armstrong International Airport in New Orleans, waiting on my delayed direct flight back home to Chicago amidst the strangest viral pandemic the modern world has ever seen. It is March 15th, 2020. I haven't written in this journal for five days for myriad reasons, a couple of which you can guess from my first line. This journal entry will be an epic tale, yes, and like any epic tale, I should probably start from the beginning. Wednesday, March 10th. I went in to work a full day. I had developed a rather painful sore throat which I awoke with that morning. This was especially concerning considering we are smack in the middle of a worldwide viral outbreak which was killing many elderly people and it was taking the form of a severe flu. Symptoms for this virus called COVID-19 included a sore throat and a fever. While at work, I went to a drugstore to gather cold supplies, ibuprofen, cough syrup, lozenges, and to monitor the potential fever, a thermometer. Before I left the office, I took my temperature and no fever. That tears it, I thought. I'm fucking going. The only way I was going to skip this trip is if the airline canceled my flight straight up. They called my bluff, and I called theirs, and the flight left on time. The ibuprofen and the emergency vitamin pack I took had me feeling quite a bit better on the plane, so I decided to order a couple vodka and sodas to get my own personal party started. This would prove to be a big mistake. What wasn't a mistake was choosing to sit in the emergency exit row, because the hottest flight attendant I'd ever seen was serving me, and I sat next to two hot babes. <laughs> I was showing no symptoms of illness outwardly, i.e. no coughing or sneezing or sweats or shakes which allowed me to pass through undetected. All the while, of course, thinking, I could have this. I shouldn't be out here. What, what if I contaminate everyone? Or, worst case scenario, what if I end up being the first healthy sub-40-year-old adult who dies of the virus? Then everything else floods through my head. Will my brother have to take me to the hospital? Will I have to be quarantined in his apartment? It was stressful as shit. Of course, I alerted my brother of the scenario first. He, obviously, was less than stoked, but I do think he was pleased I was still making the trek. 
I got by on the flight feeling decent from the booze and medicines and making googly eyes back and forth at the love of my life, that sweet, sweet flight attendant. As soon as I deboarded the plane, I immediately hit a wall. My sore throat started to resurface and I was feeling a bit groggy. By the time the brother got to me, I was ready for bed. However, he wanted to get this party going, even though he knew I was sick and he had to work in the morning. We decided to run straight to the French Quarter in New Orleans, rather than immediately driving the hour and a half back to my brother's apartment. By the time our feet hit the street, I was in rough shape, though my body was instantly abuzz with the beautiful weather, the unique and charming architecture, the spirits haunting the town, and of course, the taste of sweet, sweet frozen drinks on my lips. I carried my nervousness about my potential virus with me as we navigated our way through the streets of the French Quarter past hordes of ghost tour participants, bachelorette parties, and legions of people just there to party hard. Bourbon Street was quieter than I thought it might be, though that anomaly stood to reason in my mind since it seemed like the whole damned world was starting to shut down. Bourbon Street was still quite busy for a Wednesday night amidst a worldwide pandemic, breaking out in a bubbling, stewing nightmare come to life. My brother knows his way around New Orleans quite well. We went straight into a place, grabbed a couple of Dixie beers, a standard regional beer, not dissimilar from Old Style or Lone Star. We posted up on an iconic New Orleans balcony attached to the bar where no one else was. There also wasn't much going on in the street below, so we did not stay long. Even still, it was a pretty cool first stop on our journey. We took our beers and hit the streets, ogling scantily clad young women, dodging drug dealers, and narrowly avoiding a bum fight. Once our beers were sucked dry, we found ourselves near one of the many hand grenade dealers. Don't mind if we do, we thought. A hand grenade is in fact an alcoholic slushy drink indigenous to New Orleans. It has a lemon-limey flavor spiked with booze. It's delicious. And it goes down smooth and quick. My brother was a wonderful tour guide, and the drinks kept me going. But by the time we stopped by the Mississippi River across from Jackson Square, I could feel my sore throat coming on strong and what I could only assume was the dreaded fever hitting. Needless to say, it was time to get somewhere to rest my poor, weary head. We got back to my brother's car in haste and took off down I-10. We both had to pee. With a big fuck it, my brother pulled off at an exit that had absolutely no place to stop so we could each get out one at a time to take a piss in the ditch on the side of the road classic. By the time we got to his apartment in Long Beach slash past Christiane, Mississippi, I was feeling worse for the wear and I immediately took my temperature. It was 102 degrees. Dun, dun, dun. I have it, I thought. Surely I have it. My brother, with a little bit more sensible of a mind, told me to just pop four ibuprofen and lay down. He made me soup, which was clutch, and got me ice water. After the soup and the ice water, it wasn't long before I passed the fuck out with some of the critic on the TV. Thursday, March 12th, 2020. I awoke to my brother heading off to work in the morning. I had a sore throat, but no noticeable fever. I popped a few more ibuprofen for the pain and went back to sleep for a few hours. When I woke up for good around 10.30am, the pain was still there, but a bit more acute, and the fever was gone. I putzed around for a while, watching the critic eating what little my brother had in his fridge, calling my folks, and treating myself to a nice, long, hot shower. 
deploy to those at the spot when you're feeling rough. Around 12.30pm, I was starting to feel a little antsy when I heard a scratch at the door. It was my brother's Mustang's wheel he had ordered to replace the one he damaged earlier in the week. I was informed before arriving that I might be tasked with bringing this wheel to a super Walmart where he had left his car so they could replace it. Though my illness carried on, I drove his wheel through uncharted territories to what would end up being a bit of a personal delight. The weather was beautiful. The area was slow of pace, eerie in parts, depressed in others, and beautiful by nature. The disbursement of wild oaks and palms made for a splendiferous landscape. The run-down and unused buildings that surrounded vacant lots told sad and spooky stories. It was quiet, but not a quiet that resulted from the looming outbreak. I believe it was the kind of quiet that was every day for that area. I made it to the Super Walmart and waited for a very kind and hard-working man named Mario to write me a ticket for the job so I could be on my way. It was an inordinate amount of time as the sun rose high in the sky and the heat of the region started to make this Chicago boy sweat. It felt good, especially considering my illness. I stopped by an adjacent Taco Bell for some lunch. So, just to recap, I landed in the south, the bayous, one of the food meccas of the world, and so far I've eaten a can of Progresso chicken enchilada soup, clementines, chips and salsa, and Taco Bell. Yes, you've pegged me correct. I am used to living the high life. I then went on my way back to my brother's place, and I took a nap to some more of the critic. When I awoke, my brother was ready to meet at a brewery called the Chandelier, where I met him as well as his colleague R.D. I was still under the weather to the point of it hurt to speak, though. Still no fever. But I persisted. I drank three beers and listened to them talk about their tactical training, which sounded intense, and learned a bit about R.D., who was a really great guy. When we were done at the brewery, my brother and I went to pick up his car from the Super Walmart, which was an ordeal, because they let the battery die in the Mustang, and we couldn't jump it with their jump box, because they also let that die, without realizing it. There was no charge for the wheel replacement as a result. We were able to jump the Mustang ourselves with the loaner his buddy R.D. gave him, and took off. The next move was finding something authentic to eat, despite the fact it hurt to swallow. My brother took me over to Gulfport, Mississippi, where we ate at a place uh, whose name on which I'm drawing a blank. We weren't from around there, and it must have shown, because we got stairs made out of daggers. We must have been the prettiest pair of men to have walked into the joint in a long, long while, if I do say so myself. I ordered the shrimp po' boy. It was good. My brother got the chicken nachos. They looked fucking great. And according to him, they were. The live band started, and the clientele was lacking. Plus, since it hurt for me to talk, we hit the bricks right after eating. My brother was in party mode since it was the start of his three-day weekend, so we decided to stop at a bar just down the dock from the three-story shack of a restaurant called The Blind Tiger. And this place was more our speed. The Blind Tiger was small, clean, and quiet. The bartender was friendly, and when she laughed at my lewd joke, we knew we were good. The joke was, she, talking about some frosty frozen drink they offered, described it as just amazing in your mouth, to which I replied, that's funny, so am I. It was purely reflex and the response could have gone either way, but she enjoyed it and we settled in. I ordered a shot and a beer so I could turn over, 
and my brother stuck with a beer since he was driving. A table of young Gulfport 7s, or anywhere else 4s, walked in, and their waitress told our bartender they thought my brother and I were hot. We were flattered, but given the pandemic and my illness, I was definitely in no mood. Although that instance did set my brother and I off on a disgusting chauvinistic sex chat about who would do whom, and who wouldn't we do, and which one of us would run interference, etc. We had one more to let the ladies in the bar feast their eyes before we headed out to rest, rest at my brother's place, where we kept drinking and had one of those intellectual drunk conversations. It was mostly one of us or the other monologuing about their political ideals. We went to bed not too late, and I was feeling all right, thank Christ. I woke up feeling much better, oddly enough, considering I got drunker than I'd been since getting sick the previous night. I still wasn't 100% though, now that I think back. We slowly got around, taking showers, getting ready, and we took off for our area tour of Biloxi, Long Beach, and past Christian, Mississippi. We started in a buffet in a casino in Biloxi. A risky move, but a smart one because we were able to eat a little breakfast and then wait around for lunch options to boot. And my brother and I know how to buffet. I was able to eat a sampling of a few local dishes including seafood gumbo, jambalaya, and a deliciously sweet pineapple-lime dole whip. All of these local dishes were surprisingly delectable considering they're prepared en masse for a buffet. We paced the casino a bit, took a nice dump in a classically nice casino public restroom, and carried on with the tour. This was a day for a brother reality tour. But first... I needed a proper shirt to walk around in, so we quickly hit a local TJ Maxx to great success. Next, we hit his military base in Biloxi, where mostly people train to dig and build things like makeshift runways and work on big machine mechanics. It was a pretty fun run around. We then tried to get haircuts, but the base barber was closed on Fridays, which was odd, so we moved on down the road. We drove through a nice, old quaint little part of Biloxi where we considered stopping but decided against it. Instead, we were off to downtown Long Beach. Downtown being in quotes, which really amounts to about two and a half city blocks. Much of the area was still empty lots or abandoned buildings left behind after the great Hurricane Katrina of 05. It was a little eerie and a little sad, but there were... A lot of small little businesses left, or just starting, and it was kind of nice and quaint and encouraging. Like witnessing a beginning, or growth. Not to mention, the weather was absolutely beautiful. Great weather enhances any experience. We stopped by a fairly new-looking establishment, which, as far as I know, had no name, but offers delicious New Orleans-style alcoholic slushy drinks. I got a midday hurricane, and we sat in the sun on their large deck, where, again, we got eyes made at us by the wait staff and some other locals. God damn, we are hot-ass shit in Long Beach, Mississippi. Eventually, we got bounced off the deck by a wasp, who decided we were in its way, and we took our slushies for a walk, which is perfectly legal in Long Beach, Mississippi, it turns out. What a huge perk while the weather is nice. The vibe in the area was a little off. The casino was cautiously calm and quiet, while downtown Long Beach was very quiet as well, though I am not 100% sure it gets any other way. 
people in the stores seemed to just go about their business at a real slow pace, but there was something about it that was always just a little eerie. Perhaps it was just me knowing that I had something wrong with me and I didn't want to spread it if I had this dreaded virus. Walking around downtown Long Beach only provided ten minutes of enjoyment. There was a brand new public amphitheater slash splash pad that was built very shortly after Katrina for rejuvenation purposes. I thought that was nice, though a splash pad seems kind of sarcastic. When we got back to the Mustang, my brother still had some Alka slushy left, but we hopped in anyway and took off, which apparently is also legal in Mississippi as long as you aren't drunk, as long as you aren't driving drunk. My brother's not the type to be shy about that kind of thing anyway, since he is in law enforcement. Next stop, just a few miles down the road to downtown Pass Christian. This downtown was entirely similar, but somehow had even less to it than downtown Long Beach. See, my brother lived smack in the middle of downtown Long Beach and downtown Pass Christian city limits, so home base was perfectly and conveniently located just off of Road 90, which runs east to west along the very brown waters of that particular section of the Gulf of Mexico. My brother had been to a decent tiki bar slash restaurant in Pass Christian with his lady, and we decided to go back there. We were the youngest two people sitting out there at the bar by at least a decade. We arrived just on time, too. The square-shaped bar sat on a very large blue deck with quite a nice view of the gulf and a harbor. The weather was still holding up wonderfully, blue and sunny. The bar was even sparse enough for us to switch seats around the bar to find some shade when we needed it. We were well aware we had prime real estate as some parts of the bar grew to two or three rows deep. A decent-looking, older, half-Asian woman sat down beside us with her fat friend, and again my brother and I could feel the glances and the old fuck-me energy. We sat there a while, knocking back cheap happy-hour beers, and before the good-looking women got up to leave, she threw a move on us. Again, it was very flattering and invigorating. Once she could tell it was going nowhere, her and her heavy friend made claims of husbands in spite of the fact that there were no rings on fingers. Honestly, there may have been more interest from my brother and I, if not for the coronavirus. At this point, social distancing became the motto, and my brother and I, to salvage our visit, threw caution to the wind and put ourselves, and what is worse, others in danger. The ladies leapt and I refused to shake hands. If I may say so, I did a damn fine job of making no direct contact with anybody. We left the beautiful Blue Oyster Bar right after the ladies left, because why the hell not at that point? Our entertainment was gone. We then went back to my brother's place to regroup. We called the parents quickly to catch them up on everything. I got them on FaceTime to show them around my brother's apartment. Afterward, we took off for Darwell's to enjoy some local fare in downtown Long Beach. Darwell's was easily my favorite restaurant of the whole trip, and I hadn't even experienced New Orleans much at that point yet. We parked the car, we found a kitschy little cardboard cutout of a car to take a little touristy photo with. I, of course, jumped at the chance and made it look like the case of beer we brought to Darwell's was driving, as Darwell's was BYOB. Upon entering the restaurant, we immediately notice a large backyard dining area, totally decked out in Christmas lights, 
with the soft sounds of a one-man band playing music by request, human jukebox style. The kid at the front, where orders were placed, was super friendly. Classic southern hospitality. He walked us through what to do and explained what some of the dishes were, and he even called my bluff when I tried to order the lunch portion of the crawfish etouffee. I decidedly went with the dinner size, and of course it was well worth it. My brother got red beans and rice. Everything was delicious. We even got a little cornbread to soak everything up with. And we sat around out and back a while, pulling beers from our case as the one-man band took his break. After Darwell himself, or Papa D as he is known locally, graced us with his rendition of Wonderful World, with one of the most spot-on Louis Armstrong impressions we had ever heard. After that, we knew it was time to keep moving. On our way home, we stopped back by the Long Beach slushy place because we boys knows what we likes. The joint was way more hopping at this hour, and as we approached the bar, a middle-aged woman turned around, I flashed a smile, and I could see her knees buckle. She told the other two Long Beach fives at the bar to talk to these guys and scurried off back to her party where there sat an any-place nine of a young lady who was also darting glances at us because, let's face it, there just ain't much to look at in this town. I ordered a large hurricane with an extra shot, and my brother got a pina colada without, and we sat on the deck a while talking shit about the area but praising certain aspects of it, like its cheapness, its relaxed liquor laws, its nature, its people, which definitely became a dichotomy of a conversation. They're sweet and hard-working, but they are also dumb and unhealthy. We also ogled the Long Beach 8 of a Latin waitress and talked about how much we could clean up in this town. Once we were bored with talk, and since we knew there'd be no action, uh, with what with the impending quarantine, we boogied to the next place. The alcohol had pretty much run dry, not that we needed any more anyway. We cracked one last Miller Lite each and watched The Peanut Butter Falcon, based on based off of my recommendation. We both enjoyed it. After the movie, we went straight to sleep as we were off to New Orleans the next morning, and I still had a slight sore throat to kick. Saturday, March 14th. I woke up, and it was a miracle. The sore throat was gone. My brother and I were stoked to the max about it. We knew we couldn't check into the Hampton Inn Convention Center New Orleans until 3 p.m., so we moseyed around a bit of the early part of the day. You know, I was still trepidatious navigating through the world, even though my symptoms were gone, but damn, did it feel good to feel good. Our first stop of the day was Taco Bell for breakfast. We always make a trip to Taco Bell when we are together, and I am glad it was for breakfast, because it had been a while since I'd had any of that. The Bell was in a shit part of town and run by the shabbiest white drones Biloxi has to offer. The food was dank, though. I got a breakfast Crunchwrap, a grilled breakfast burrito, and a different grilled breakfast burrito with potato in it. We got out of there as soon as possible because it was no place to hang. We ran to the Walmart so I could snag some Creole spice to bring home with me. Getting back to my brothers, I was feeling antsy about getting to New Orleans partly because I was excited to see a place I'd never seen before, and a place that was high on my list for places to see. But also, I was nervous, because shit with the coronavirus outbreak was just getting worse by the minute. Would we, would we be allowed to congregate anywhere? 
Would our hotel stay open? Would I be able to fly back to Chicago on Sunday? The questions continued to mount. One thing made me calm, and that was that my brother works for the government, on a naval base. He was going to be just fine, and if I needed, I could surely stay with him, work remotely, and help out where I could. Before taking off for NOLA, we decided to drop off his buddy R.D.'s car back at his house for him. R.D. invited us in for a beer. My brother and I each drank a White Claw. We sat and talked about their future with their agency as though there was nothing major going on in the world. There was talk of where they'd be stationed next and what kind of houses they'd purchase or have built. And I sat there, pretending like I was a grown-up like them. After the White Claws and the conversations were dry, we picked up and shoved off New Orleans way. The drive was easy. I paid close attention to the way I was feeling, and all signs pointed to better. The city appeared moderately busy, and my brother pointed out a lot of the empty lots and massive abandoned and damaged beyond repair buildings that lined I-10 as we entered the city. It looked grim, and deserted, yet somehow bustling as well. I'm not sure I've ever really experienced anything quite like it. Of course, this visual paired with the impending coronapocalypse kept the tone mildly anxious. There was plenty of parking on the street as we pulled near the hotel. My brother quickly checked in and asked about parking payment while I sat and watched the Mustang convertible. My brother's Diamond Club Hilton status got us a bunch of free drinks and snacks, which was awesome, and the room was large with one king bed and one pull-out sofa because of the virus and the social distancing motto I gladly took the couch. The French Quarter was calling, so we didn't stay in the room long. We took off down the street to Party Central, Bourbon Street. The St. Patrick's Day Parade was cancelled, so the streets were much more sparse than they would have been. An unusual eeriness filled the air, and not just the standard creepy haunted vibe that New Orleans seems to always have, though that was there too. Our destination was the Aaron Rose Pub to meet my friend and colleague L.S. My brother and I ordered frozen... Irish coffee, which was an ice-creamy, boozy, delicious froth of a beverage. L.S. was a breath of fresh air. Her general excitement to see me was sweet, and made me forget for a while all of the unpleasantness going around. L.S. took us on a whirlwind bar crawl, an L.S. reality tour, as it were. We must have stopped by four or five bars in the French Quarter most of which she had a connection with, whether she knew the bartender worked there before or just frequented the joint. We knew we'd be in good hands. There was a game she'd have us play to help us determine who would buy the next round, where the three of us would chug bottles of water and last to finish paid. This is also a good way to stay hydrated. The bars in which we stopped included the oldest bar in America, though we only took a piss in there, some gay bar, and a bar she knew where we got some delicious boudin sausage. We also walked through Jackson Square Park and attempted to get into the big church there. No thank you, though. Too big of a crowd. We caught a breeze by the Mississippi River, then walked by the most haunted place in New Orleans. The story there is that is where a kitchen slave, chained to the oven, caught the house on fire during a party and survived to tell of the horrors the lady of the house subjected the slaves to, including medical experimentation. Spooky. And angering and sad. The LS reality tour ended at the club she currently manages, the Hi-Ho Lounge. Things were getting back to grim there, 
as they lost their show that evening to the quarantine. L.S. was facing decisions such as, should she keep open the bar or close it? We got a couple of rounds, did some catching up about our lives. L.S. continued to play tour guide, describing the neutral ground that separated a main thoroughfare. It was grounds the French and Spanish deemed fair trading grounds. Rather than go off with L.S. to her locals event, some sort of crawfish boil, my brother and I decided to break off from the lovely reality tour and the generous and sweet L.S. It seemed right to stay away from crowds, social distancing and all. Instead of attending the very local tradition of a crawfish boil, my brother took me over to his friend's house. A friend by the name of R.L. This is a very interesting friend of my brother's, to say the least. R.L. is a Navy SEAL. He is a 37-year-old bachelor living in a completely refurbished factory building just outside the French Quarter in New Orleans. His place had the feel of an old factory. It was stockpiled with food, ammo, and of course liquor. Lots of liquor. In which my brother and I partook. He had a beautiful and sweet German shepherd who took a real shining to me, which was fun. The Navy boys stood around talking shop, a lot of which I didn't understand, and when the conversation switched to the coronavirus or partying about town, I felt as though I could chime in and make myself seem rather fun and personable. With all of R.L.'s credentials, he too was actually very personable. He was disarming in a way. This was considering the fact that I knew he was a Navy SEAL and had killed men. He also looked lean and fit and had cauliflower ears. To top it off, he donned a Harvard hat, letting us know, too, that, yeah, he ain't no dummy, neither. The drinking carried on for a couple of hours, only to pause to walk the dog over to Wingstop, where I picked up dinner for the small party. Yeah, I'm in fucking New Orleans, one of the most unique and impressive food capitals and in the, in the entire world, and I'm eating a meal at a Wingstop. But whatever, my brother was my guide, and I was having fun anyway. Once we, once we returned to RL's with the wings, we housed them and took our leave straight back to the hotel to crash. We're drunk enough, said my brother. It turned out he was right, since we found out the next day that around the time we got home, the police cleared the French Quarter of people. Let the quarantine begin. We woke up Sunday, March 15th, both mildly recovering from a brownout from the day before, Hopping bars, and then, of course, R.L.'s apartment. Our time was ours, as my brother's Hilton Diamond status allowed for a free late checkout at 2 p.m. My brother got me a bunch of free breakfast from the lobby, which I gladly consumed. I took my time. I took a dump. I took a shower. And devised a to-do list. Oh, I took my time. The first stop, once we finally checked out of the hotel around 1.45, was a place to get beignets. My brother directed us to what turned out to be a fancy-ass brunch spot for rich bachelorette parties. Which had a rich bachelorette party waiting outside of it. Luckily, there was a place right across the street, which didn't look too, too busy, called the Fleur de Lis Café. It was a good deal dumpier than the Fancy Pants place, but it was probably a place that most tourists would give their left nut to just walk right in and grab two delicious coffees and a plate of beignets. We ate maybe some of the most scrumptious pastries either of us had ever had, and then it was off to the next spot. And before leaving the Florida Lee, we had to use the restroom. 
if for nothing else but to wash our hands, a sign of the times. Upon entering the bathroom, I was overcome with a smell of bleach, which means everyone was taking this shit seriously. I hunkered down and took my shit right there, thinking, this is the best it could get. And afterward, hit the streets. The only thing left to do was kill time. My brother already gave me his reality tour, so I just wanted to grab a souvenir and a few more drinks while I waited for my flight. There was only the French Quarter, which was getting sadder and sadder by the second. The people trolling the streets were one of three things. Blissfully ignorant, viciously anxious, or an employee. Or any combination. It was easy to slide into an establishment, which would normally be jam-packed, and grab a delicious hand grenade, or three-for-one beers without making contact with a single soul. Even if... In one or two of said bars, there are some bachelorettes from Texas who were down because their weekend was ruined and excited to see any old hunk of meat sidle up to said bar. Boy, it was a narrow escape at times. The rest of the day was a slightly more laid-back and slow-paced version of everything else I experienced in New Orleans. The main difference is the vibe completely toppled over to eerie as opposed to haunted. Because we were so laid back, my brother took me to a neighborhood that was a lot more lax, the Garden District. We sat on a balcony in a bar and walked the streets, taking advantage of their open container laws. We got a coffee at a Starbucks. This is the kind of neighborhood that was a lot like Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. It was locals and college students had big corporations mixed with local chains, slowly moving in to make it their own. We then sat out our remaining time in a very lovely beer garden, where some were obviously practicing their social distancing, and others were ignorantly, or assholishly, continuing in their St. Patrick's Day festivities. The last thing on my scavenger hunt was an all-that-jazz po'boy at a weird, dark, dank convenience store off of the beaten path down the street from Jackson Square. On our way back into the French Quarter to get our delicious all-that-jazzes, I bought a beer to go and brought it, in, brought it into the Mustang, under the assumption that A, my brother's bud DR was right about Mississippi's open container laws, and B, Louisiana laws were the same as those. As we were stopped at a light on this Cary Street of New Orleans, an officer, out of nowhere, reached into my car window and grabbed the beer out of my hand and said, We don't do that here. My brother was freaked out and furious, as he believed that these were not proper procedures to go about this, regardless of legality. This reaction struck me. I was furious as well. Even though my actions weren't exactly safe or responsible, neither was this officer's. I think that is where my brother was coming from. But also, who is to say what is safe or responsible, especially today, right now, in this moment? Yes, I had an open container in a car, the passenger seat. But could that officer have shown up for work that day carrying a death virus? Possibly. Could his arm have been ripped off if I had reacted much more poorly in the moment? Also possibly. We made it a block or two down the road and calmed our nerves. No harm, no foul, really, when all is said and done. We trudged on to our delicious All That Jazz Po' Boys, which we got 
by borrowing from the clerk's tip jar. And we ate on the back of the Mustang with beers my brother bought from the bar down the street. Beers he paid for by taking cash out of an ATM, even though we only borrowed from the tip jar because we wanted to avoid ATM fees. None of that took away from the sandwich. That is how delicious it was. My plane was delayed. We got decent coffee from the overhyped and underattended Café du Mont, which smelled like trash. It was time for me to go. And finally, my brother had asked me to stay. But he was too late. We were at the airport. I got out of his car, gave him a hug, and walked into the airport, fairly uncertain of what was to come. I got on the plane. In hindsight, I'm not sure I should have. I came home to this prison. It's a prison anywhere, I guess. What a bizarre trip. I love you. Keep on moving. This has been part two of a quarantine travel guide. And now, for the rest of Chooch Chat. Uh, we are recording. We are back. We are in it. After listening again Action. to your part two of the quarantine travel guide. Boo! Part two. Part two. Part two. Um. <clears throat> First things first, just as a little introduction, uh, I just had some peanut butter. It's still in the back of my throat. There might Ooh. be some uh, little scratching and coughing and sniffing during this episode, because I thought mm. it was a good idea to eat peanut butter right before I got Hey, man, to. you got to do something while you're listening to me ramble on. It's a good ramble, though, man. It's, it's, it's a good ramble, and it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a mind fuck because uh, so close and yet so far away. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because this past I just got a uh, like a social media reminder from the New Orleans trip uh, during the bar crawl. So this is literally a year ago, and you got all these people reliving yeah. their where they were one year ago. I uh, situation. I hopped on Facebook to uh, yeah for for all those who are my friend or or uh, listen often. Yeah, you you know my. Uh, my issues with social media, but I, I hopped on Facebook to uh, uh, see all the posts from around that time while you were talking from people, and uh, it was all over the place, man. It was, uh, it was, I was, uh, I, I ended up going to uh, Dave's, Dave Aiken's Facebook page, because it's, uh, it's, number one, it's a harmless Facebook page. He he posts like a 50-year-old woman, uh, yeah. where it's, you know what I mean, it's just my kid. It's just my job. Memes and yeah, it, it's just funny, funny stuff. That's un, un, unoffensive, funny stuff. And because yeah. uh, I was trying, because he he was bartending around the same time I was, so it was I was trying to put myself in the moment of where what you were going through when you were on your vacation and what I was mm-hmm. going through here. Uh, how how different it was uh, for for me versus you, because yeah. I I was just trying to put myself in the mood to. Have to write a page or two on this, which is apparently I'm going to do next week. Which yeah. this this one made me excited for. Like, Good. 
I was uh, kind of scared about doing it because it's an intimidating process. But uh, yeah, this this gigantic journal entry uh, yeah. made me excited for. Um, Dude, it took me like three or four days to write, so I, I used up time during my first few days of unemployment and first few days of yeah uh, quarantining sheltering in place as it were uh to in order to like remember you know and, and write it all down and get it all down because i just right. remember getting back to chicago and just knowing how weird of a thing that was not only to dude i mean just uh, weird weird for everyone but yeah sort of happened to be in the middle of a quick little weekend getaway dude what the fuck going down you yeah man you were like in paradise yeah and you know if civilization collapsed it's probably best to be on a base with guns and sunshine yeah exactly i was kicking myself like i didn't bring it up when i was leaving yeah like that last day which was the sunday um i didn't bring it up with nick i was kind of waiting for him to offer because i also didn't want to put him out amidst all of this but like when he offered and he was like pulling up to the airport i was like man if you had said this like Like an hour ago an hour ago i'd be like you know what maybe maybe i will stay you know yeah that's so you too man that's so you you are a person who i've done like as i've been in that situation with you before and and I've reacted that way, like like you have. Like, you, if you would have told me an hour ago, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I've also acted exactly. the the opposite, uh, and I would have just fucking stayed anyways if if if, if that was me. More often than yeah. not, you know, because. But you do do that. Like it'll be like uh, you know, I don't know. Me and you were going out for a drink and or something, and it's like uh, let's just go to hop into this bar, and it's like, man, I made this decision. Like mm-hmm. three hours ago, if you would have said something twenty minutes ago, I would have. Once right. you yeah, make exactly. your your decisions, sometimes it, over, over the silliest things, sometimes you'll just be like, "That's yeah. what I gotta do. I gotta do this thing now." Yeah, it's something I should. It's a good thing, uh, you know. It depends. It's a good it's thing. Mostly yeah, a good exactly. thing. Mostly a good thing. Sometimes, ah. sometimes you make the wrong choice. Yeah, I gotta sometimes. sneeze, everybody. Bless you. Hey, thank you. And. I think that may have may or may not have been the wrong choice. I don't know. I had a a decent year, all things considered, but I don't know what it would have looked like if I if I'd stayed in in Mississippi yeah. with my brother. Um, what I do think, uh, I lost it. Oh shit! What? Yeah, I'll get it back. Uh, my train of thought it, it ran off the rails. Seriously? Um, yeah, that hasn't happened in a while. In a long time. Of course, we haven't podcasted um, that often. Oh, oh. No. yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I, I got it back. What I didn't know at the time as well was just how, you know, how much we were going to quarantine and that I would instantly lose my job. That's crazy. I, th- I thought I had to, I, I thought I potentially had a job to come back. To. Well, you haven't even mentioned that yet. <clears throat> right. Yeah. No, because that'll, that'll be my next little adventure. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's so funny thinking back on all of this stuff and honestly, how far that we've come on. Yeah. I, dude, I think we have no qualms about staying that we're saying that we're stronger people now than we were before mentally. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, it's thinking back to those moments, man. It's like, uh, it's like if it happened again in this way, it's like, well, this is a new experience that I have. It's kind of like. Oh, I'm a pro now. 
I'm totally a pro yeah. now. You know, it's you know, oh, you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, I I know where to I know where to put my worries. I I know what mm-hmm. books to read and what to listen mm-hmm. to that would uh, that would put my mind at ease. I know the people I would need to talk to. I know the people yeah. I would need to skip past. I know the work yep. that would need to be done on myself, and I know and I and I know the work that would need to be done. To, to make money and and to stay afloat mm-hmm. and to uh, be able to just just pay your mortgage and stuff and it's uh it, it it's uh not that I am uh how, how do I say this I'm not happy this happened but I'm happy what happened to me while it was happening and yeah, uh, that's that's a good that's a yeah well put I that's am a fair fair assessment yeah. I'm 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 happy where I am right now and where I've ended up. Um, mm-hmm. The situation was still horrible uh, for oh, yeah. five hundred thousand people and five hundred thousand families. Um, yeah, in 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 our country alone. In our country alone, not to mention the people who just got super sick, super fucking sick. Yeah, or or lost their jobs and didn't have as good a time as I did. Yeah, you know? like yeah. or as easy a time as I did getting by. Yeah, no, no, no kidding. Um, no, and you know that that's a testament to yourself too. I wouldn't sweep that so quickly under the rug. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. You, you should, you should. If you're not going to say, I'm going to say, you should find some pride, or I'll have the pride for you, and and mm-hmm. and the way you were able to handle it, especially in a situation where you're living with fucking. It felt like at some points twenty twenty fucking people, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Uh, when I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> or, or or the it was it was one or the other. It was living with twenty people or entirely alone. Yeah, you know, yeah. which it's one yeah. it's one thing to live alone, you know, but it's another thing to be like you said in this new experience, entirely alone, right? Feeling except for you coming by with the sandwich every day or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's true. No. Dude, that's so funny. Show up with that sandwich, and you text yeah. me. It's like, so are you coming or uh, <laughs> when, when are you gonna be there? We'll get into the sandwich yeah. stuff on, on the other podcast because yeah, be, be be we're probably both gonna write about the sandwiches at one point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, it's almost guaranteed in in my journal entries from last year. You know, yeah, all the alcoholic slushy drinks that were that kept getting brought up. The frozen Irish coffee. Also, number one, the frozen Irish coffee is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That is something Dude, some like Frenchman. You say, you say that now, but it's you a, drink one, man. <laughs> Dude, I'll try it when I'm down there. It's delicious. It's delicious. And they have like the little ground up. There's a little bit of ground up coffee in it, you know? So, yeah. You know, like if you like eating the chocolate you're chewing coffee it. beans nom, and nom, shit, nom, you're nom. just kind of chewing it too. Oh, it's delicious. Well, it just sounds like it's such a Finch thing. It's like alcoholic slushy drinks. I know you and I, and I know your oh. brother and I know for – I know that is such a uh, that is it's fucking heaven for alcoholic drinks for you too probably. It, it, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I got acquainted with them in Las Vegas. Yes, everywhere in that town. Yeah, they are. And then you know, New Orleans has their own little take on them and their own specific flavors. And the coffee one was great. And obviously, the hurricanes and the hand grenades are fun as well. But why why are yeah. they called uh, hand grenades? I don't know. Are they, are they do they come in hand grenades? Yeah, they come in a little, you know, kitschy little plastic <laughs> thing that's green, and yeah. at the bottom it's shaped like a hand grenade. Uh, yeah. And speaking you know. of the uh, of the hurricanes, uh, so there there's still parts that they're rebuilding for Katrina, huh? Yeah, I think it's a lot. Of, I, it looks like a lot of people just don't even want to bother. 
yeah, you know, with a lot of these lots that are down there, specifically in New Orleans, they're giant buildings. You'd have to demo the whole thing, rebuild it up, you know, and it's kind of like, what do you do? Well, they should. They, sh- they should just demo the whole thing, and if if that's the issue, and then it would at least make it. I didn't realize it's what's so that bad. Giant abandoned buildings. Oh yeah, I mean they look like uh, you know. <clears throat> I don't think they were used as this, but yeah, they look like projects that just are empty and graffitied and windows all busted out and mm. you know stuff like that and that's coming in uh you know westbound off of i-10 from mississippi yeah i can't wrap my mind around it i'm not familiar with that part of the country at all i can't wrap, wrap my mind my wrap my mind around the geography so when you would say you, you would go someplace i was like oh fuck yeah they are in the gulf and it's like now what side of the gulf mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's sides to the fucking gulf and then if you zoom in on a map you're like of course there's sides to a gulf you're like, you're yeah, on this yeah. side of this bay and this side of that bay. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I am so unfamiliar with it. It's just something, I'm, I'm as unfamiliar with that part of the country as I am with, like, California. So, like, mm-hmm. whenever somebody brings up San Francisco, every once in a while I'll be like, man, that'd be weird to be out there. Uh, just be in it. Be in it. Like, the Golden Gate Bridge, like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? And then I'll zoom in on certain parts of the map and be like, that's what this mm-hmm. country, that's what this shit looks like? Like yeah, I, I have, yeah. I had no idea that that's what this shit fucking looks like. Um, yeah, it's fun to, it's fun, especially now that you have access to like maps like that. Yeah, you know, you're getting on Google Maps or whatever map you use, and uh, the whatever digital yeah. GPS map you use, and you can really just explore. You're just exploring all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for one personally, I think you would actually really, really enjoy. I mean, everybody's gonna like New Orleans. New Orleans is a cool town. It's it's one of the most different cities in this country. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's unique and and kind of special. But I honestly, personally, think you would enjoy the Biloxi, Mississippi area. To be honest with you. Yeah. That you straight up supposedly can drive around with an open container. You can, and everything's cheap. Yeah, I do that. When the, when the weather's nice, it's super nice. So irresponsible, yeah. but I would so totally do that. Like. Yeah. 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 Especially they, when nothing's going on. I am it's definitely like, not right, afraid of a roadie. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But that's the that's absolutely. the other thing, though. If you you know, I used to, I used to, you know, this like we we we'd be like when we were younger, where are we going out? And, I was, and we're like, oh, we're going to this bar across town. And it's like, how are we getting mm-hmm. there? I'm just gonna fucking drive. Let's go. Hey, I got yeah. it. I got it. And you and you would you yeah. you and all the boys be like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> that I yeah, I know. Ride, so, fucking ride. It's like two or three years ago. I was just like, I can't keep doing this, man. Like, you know, I like, dude, I, I, I thought to myself, what, 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 what I thought to myself is number one, what if I fucking hit somebody, uh, some pe- a pedestrian? I would, I would, dude, I would kill myself. Like yeah. the, the, the guilt would just put me over the fucking top. And number two is even if I didn't kill somebody, I certainly couldn't afford the $10,000 <laughs> it would cost to uh, if I got uh, just get a DUI. Get a, get a fucking DUI. I'm a fucking yeah. bro. I was a broke musician, man. Uh, yeah. So nope. yeah, that so I definitely I did a complete 180 on that. Um, but well, you know, I mean, you, you can also drive there and uh, Uber back. Sure. You know, if you're gonna be responsible, that's true. Also, but also, I, but if I was in Biloxi, Mississippi, and it was I was allowed to drink, yeah, and drive. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking and driving, bro. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm doing absolutely. the fucking. Ex- I'm doing the thing. Yeah. I'm doing the yeah, fucking exactly. weird thing that's in that. That's in that place because yeah. that's the thing to do. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna go there and be like, oh, and I had an opportunity to drink and drive and I didn't. 
I'm gonna right. go there and be. I, yeah. I'm gonna go... I wish I could have driven Mustang. Yeah. With, the, with while sipping it, a drink. But oh, oh, and maybe I'll bleep that out. I don't know. Uh, My oh. brother's Mustang. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was well edited. <laughs> it's, Thanks. I don't think he yeah. needs anything to be offended about. Uh, yeah, right. True. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, we are saying your brother, and they they would just have to. If anybody was interested, they would just have to look it up. <clears throat> I asked him, and that's that's what he, you know, he he suggested I refer to him as. So yeah, yeah, I I get it. Uh, yeah, that's so funny. The the legal in Mississippi to drink and drive. I wrote that down. Uh, and you here's a well, how do I say this? Uh, number one, uh, the uh, the Long Beach eights, the uh, Gulfport twos, the Anywhere nines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's some good mm-hmm. shit, man. That's some good <laughs> shit. And it's like I've been to places like that, man. I, I've been oh, to yeah. places where it's like, you know, you're looking around and it's like, man, I might be the prettiest thing in this room. Dude, yeah, it's, yeah. it's straight up, man. I'm not even – I don't even – I don't I, – I sound like I have a big head, especially in, on this show. And yeah. Like in these journals and things like that. It's really yeah. just trying to boost boost my own confidence because you know this. I, I, I never really thought – you know, I grew up fat and stuff. And I never thought I was much to look at, but like – Right, right. Le- legitimately – legitimately in these small towns in Mississippi, you walk into a place and straight up whatever yeah, record's playing scratches to a stop yeah. and everyone's looking at you. The guys are looking at you because they're, hey, cat, get out of here. Because they're jealous uh, or something or they're mad and the girls are right. looking at you because it's like, oof, who's this? Fresh meat. You basically just look it's like either these right. guys are in the military or they're definitely from out of town. They're definitely not from around here. So right. it was, it's funny. Uh, so like when you say like a golf port two or a golf port seven, uh huh, like well, what are we talking about? Missing teeth, like a, oh, like yeah. like, like mean, bad scars first, in the face, or first of all, everyone's heavy. Uh, yeah. Second of all, no one's styling their hair to uh, uh to a to a positive. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's okay. All, whatever whatever way they're wearing their hair, it's a detriment. <laughs> you know. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then oftentimes it is as bad as missing teeth, or yeah, you know, some sort of skin. Yeah, uh, I'd love to scar, go. Maybe I'd I'd maybe. love to go to I because I I have a fascination with wanting to plan trips to small towns and mm-hmm. being in a bar, and I, I have this fantasy of being in the bar, and someone's like, "Why are you here?" I was like, "I'm yeah. on vacation, man." I just wanted to see your fucking shitty little town in the middle of Ottawa. Yeah, like, I've never exactly. been to Ottawa. I, I thought it would be interesting to go to this town in Ottawa or, or fucking wherever, you know? Like, just yeah. the just the shittiest little town and just... The smallest places. Right. And then just, you know, see what those locals are like. Like uh, Davenport. If we could have gone to that dude's... And we'll talk about this later as well. But yeah. Our trip to Davenport, Iowa. If we could have actually stuck around and gone with that dude from john deere to his bar in davenport iowa that, dude, that, that dude's fun. fucking hilarious yeah it yeah, was he was showing us some <laughs> weird stuff <laughs> weird but... weird stuff weird we'll get into all that we'll, mm. we'll, we'll get it we'll get into all that too man it's been a Consider fucking it a teaser yeah <laughs> it's been it's been a weird year i was sitting here while listening to your journal entry and i was like man we went through there's so much shit that I, I i've forgotten some of this shit that we've done during this fucking thing yeah. 
that, uh, that I just kind of think, uh, I don't know, 75% of the country would think was ridiculous. Uh huh. Or, you know, yeah. set like 75%. The other 25% would be like, dude, that's my Tuesday. Like, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, just people I, had I wildly, wildly different experiences on this, you know? Yeah. Uh, but exactly. there were a lot of familiar uh, similarities, and there's a lot of fam- uh, familiarities with uh, with it too, uh, probably. Uh, also, the no touching thing, right? Basically, I don't yeah. I don't hug anymore, right? And and I know right. people are not into touching, right? But that's the thing I'm least scared of. It's like it's all about like the coughing and the sneezing. It's all about the mask now, because you know, remember when when you couldn't get hand sanitizer, couldn't get it. Yeah. Right. Because it was or, all about it was all the about the touching at first, right? It was all about like if yeah. you touch it, fuck everything's infected. Like wash yeah. your hands, don't touch yeah. your face. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we still live by those rules now, but also it was so much more about the touching and the surfaces than it than it was about the masks. And then yes. Fauci was telling us don't wear masks; it doesn't fucking help, anyways. And then like two months later, Fauci's like, "Hey, we got gotcha. you. Hey, we go. Oh, <laughs> wear, 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 wear the masks." I I I I was just pulling the I was pulling the wall over your eyes. Go ahead and <laughs> shake hands. So you couldn't see the mask. <laughs> and I would take your mask in the night. And I pass them out to nurses and doctors. I'm like Krampus <laughs> for, for, for masks. <laughs> yeah. If this if this wasn't the digital age, Fauci would become some sort of a weird mythical Yeah. You know, Krampus-type character. Dude, Fauci's got it, man. Fauci, those are Fauci's rules. He'd almost be like uh, uh, Hoover. Uh, Uh You know, a J. Edgar Hoover. A J. Edgar, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's like his his rules and laws that, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that. It's his own shit. Yeah, dude, right. President's scared of him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It would be fabulous. That's fucking hilarious, (laughs) considering our president was Trump, too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so I, I, but yeah, I didn't have a mask, man. No one there did. Weren't, there weren't masks. I wasn't I wearing a, a fucking mask. Ma- I mean, dude, we yeah. were wearing, and we'll get into this. I don't want. Here's another teaser. You know, wearing our mask when we're disinfecting and stuff like that. You know, out in yeah. the, out in the, in the, in the real the world and stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean that. For some reason, I was like, yeah, we better wear masks there. Uh, but even then, it was like, wait, is the fucking virus stronger in this place than in other places? Like, right. Yeah. Also, am I wearing it because of the I t- the whole thing was such a mind fuck, man. Yeah. Uh, big time. And the ibuprofen thing, where your brother was like, "Yeah, take some some ibuprofen, dude." I yeah. shit you not. There were email trails and threads of people saying, "Don't take ibuprofen." But I was uh-huh. on, and I was like, "I guess I'm not taking ibuprofen. I guess you can't do that with this virus. I guess it makes it worse. Ibuprofen's bad." And emails that were like from like. People I legitimately respect, but we had no fucking clue. We were getting information from fucking anywhere. It was like, yeah. it was almost like everybody's. It was, it was the, it was everyone's favorite uh, aunt or crazy aunt and uncle. It was their time to shine. <laughs> where it was like yeah, they're yeah. they're still on these crazy email threads and like they pass them along to you. Mm-hmm. And you're in a mental state where you're like, well, you know, maybe it's worth a shot. Just 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 be careful. To, only ty- <laughs> only Tylenol. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know. And uh, so, so then you know we we find out that's like that's horseshit, you know. Uh, I mean, that, that those first couple of days, my brother was clutch. I mean, straight up, like the ibuprofen thing definitely uh, contributed to my uh, fever falling off 
for sure. Um, obviously, that's what it does. It's part of what it does. Yeah, it's a hundred percent part 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 of what it does. But the issue is, I think the the issue was that people were scared, and uh, what was happening was someone's old family member or themselves mm-hmm. were, uh, and we know so much more now, you know. So I'm not trying to be heartless here, but somebody who yeah. was uh, a uh, had comorbidities or was wasn't uh, had incredibly healthy had mm-hmm. a uh had a bad reaction to the, this uh very deadly virus and uh it ibuprofen wasn't helping i was like well no shit ibuprofen's not gonna fucking help like yeah you know, it, it doesn't you know, cure the whole flu right it just helps with the fever and maybe some pain yes if you're 70 years old you're diabetic and overweight it's not yeah if the ibuprofen is not the fucking cure all yeah it's a painkiller um mm-hmm. <sighs> So, yeah, just fucking crazy that some of the stuff, some of the stuff that I believed at first was just insane. Um, yeah, because it, it, it was like it was like everything we everything they knew about the flu and viruses was just like out the fucking window at that point, you know? Right. And, and we were like, what do we believe and who do we believe? believe? So it's like, well, maybe we should just believe fucking everything. Well, the the, the whole thing where he fucking lied about the mask thing, or the government lied about yeah. the mask. That was so, so dumb. That was so dumb. Yeah. And I I, under, I understand why you did it. Right, doesn't mean it yeah. was, dude. It, you can't see two feet in front of you sometimes, and and the problems that that would call and the cause and the distrust that that would give your population. You know, just be honest. Yeah, just be honest. Always be honest. That's fucking important yeah. thing we learned too. Pretty much. And if you can't be honest, Might just don't well. say anything. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think I was one of the few people that knew you were sick too. I think you told me right before you were leaving. And I was like, yeah, yeah maybe maybe you shouldn't go. But I was, you were like, ah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> Straight up I probably said uh I probably told you if they cancel my the only re- the only way I'm not going is if they cancel my flight. I remember I, I, I remember hearing I remember hearing you say, tell that to me. Yeah. 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 Because they were starting to cancel flights definitely internationally. Uh, at that point, a lot of flights were getting canceled. Right. Um, and I was like, well, I mean, here we go. This could be a thing. And uh, sure enough, I made it there and back. So I for sure thought when when I first got the delay notification that my, my flight was delayed coming back, I thought for sure that was just going to get canceled and I was going to be stuck. Yeah, uh, well, I, I thought you were going to be gone. I was like, well, he, he's, yeah. he's going to cancel this flight. Yeah. But if, yeah. Wait, if, if he gets on this flight, they're going to cancel the next one. Right, you know? I thought I thought for sure that was even more of a possibility. They never really closed those fuckers down, though, man. To be honest with you, like no, never, never completely. It yeah. seems. Uh, how bad was the sore throat? It was it was bad. I mean, I don't get sick often anyway. Um, yeah. so it was it was a rough one. Um, it definitely. That first evening when I first landed there, and I talk about you know Nick wants to, my brother wants to go out and um and hit just show me around Bourbon Street and stuff like that right away. Yeah, and I'm starting to feel. I mean, like I I it it was like I can't talk, and I right. uh or you know I, I I I don't want to talk, and I certainly don't want to talk loud enough, like in a bar on Bourbon Street, even though it was a lot you know, a lot less crowded than I, than I pictured. Um, I certainly don't want to talk loud enough to like talk with him in a bar on bourbon street. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, 
Do you think he had it? I think so, especially rereading this and rereading what everything was. I, I don't ever remember a loss of taste or smell, but I mean, the sore throat plus the fever. Never had a cough though either, so it's it's possible I didn't. It's a cold. Not all colds have coughs, you know. It, so it's like, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I've had it or not. I, I, I just have no fucking clue, man. I, I, I don't have any clue anymore about any of this. They certainly didn't have testing readily available at that time. No, uh, no. And, you know, I have had different symptoms throughout the year, and I've had so many close calls, and I, I just don't I just don't know. I, I have That not, was the last time I was sick, I'll say that. Yeah. I, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast or not, but it was then, and then since then I've had a few gnarly hangovers, but otherwise... Yeah, I haven't had yeah. any real real sickness all year, but we help. We, we've also been taking care of ourselves. I have my sinus yeah. infections that I get. I get like these sinus infections are like two or three times a year. What I, was it? Some of the guys were saying last night how like the regular common cold was down like eighty eighty eight or ninety eight percent or something like that this year, or the regular flu. The, probably because we're all wearing masks and because we're all wearing masks hands. and yeah, exactly, yeah. something like that. As well as uh, the the idea that once we actually do start interacting uh, with each other physically again, uh, we'll likely find that we'll get pretty sick pretty quickly, or and, and maybe even often. Yeah, I don't know about if that's going to be true with you and me. To be honest with you, you and I know we've been just around each other. We've, we've, we've been around everything and other people, and other yeah. people, and fucking you know. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, but the people that have been secluded inside, locked up for a good for a good mm-hmm. year, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm sure that's gonna happen. But, yeah, but you know, that's their problem. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, <what's... laughs> so ridiculous, uh, dude. And also, I love the way that you uh, there's certain things that you say that's just always completely sexualized. Once our beers were sucked dry, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, couldn't help himself. Couldn't help himself. <laughs> and what's a po' boy? Like I, I've heard po' boy. Is it? It's just a fucking sandwich, right? It's just a sandwich with shrimp I, on it. It or uh, crawdad. Yeah, most of them. Have, most of them have shrimp on it. I think. Yeah, but yeah. or crawdad. Yeah. I think it's kind of like cutting room floor sandwich. So. The all that jazz. They this this little bodega thing had just a bunch of different types of po' boys that yeah. have like, and this one has like shrimp and uh, and and bacon and ham and like this yeah. kind of cheese and you know stuff like that. So yeah, I forget what all went on that all that jazz, but it was a sloppy, a sloppy seafoody mess. It was pretty damn delicious. And why'd you say no to the crawfish boil? Like the whole thing that uh, LS. <laughs> Shit, dude! I fucked that up. I'm, sorry. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back through here and throw in some bleeps anyway. Yeah, I guess. okay. Why uh, not? Make sure the bleeps aren't too loud. Uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, so they don't aren't jolting. But that's yeah. Neither here nor there. Um, the uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, uh, LS. So mm-hmm. <laughs> why would you say no to the LS crawfish boil? That that seemed like that seemed like one of the funnest things that that a, a local crawfish boil seemed like the funnest thing you could do on that trip. Absolutely, it would have been. There was there were a few reasons to turn it down. The 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 COVID excuse definitely yeah 
maintained as it potentially is the first time I used the COVID excuse. Maybe not a, like in one hundred percent. That was the reasoning why I would do not do something. Were you as hammered um, as we were in Rome when we were at the end of end of the bar crawl? No. Okay. We were drunk though. Okay. We were already drunk. Also, it started to things started to get a little a little hairy. Um, like I say at the end of that, uh, when we wake up the next morning, we find out that Bourbon Street pretty much gets shut down like it's Europe, like it's a town in Italy. Yeah. Uh, and the cops come out and pretty much make everyone go home. Yeah. No. Yeah. No kidding. At at one point, so a. We're, you know, we're bouncing around town. We're not staying in a place, any one place for very long, because it's the kind of place where you can go into, go into a place, get a drink and then leave kind of like Las Vegas, you know? Um, so it's not like we're huddled in a crowded area for very long ever. Yeah. We're, we're running around, we're in open air, we're doing this kind of thing. The crawfish boil sounded like, uh, maybe too large of a crowd for and I at this point. I see. For my brother, for my brother and I at this point. And, and with the potential of, you know, uh, everyone getting the word, like, it's time to go take shelter now. Like, everyone just go home, go right. to whatever, wherever it is you're staying, just go there. Right. So instead, you know, because I was still in, you know, New Orleans, I went with my brother to his friend's house instead, which is nearby where the stuff was. So we went over there. In the event that it was like, for some reason, it turned the other way. And fucking, it was like, okay, just kidding. And you went to go see a fucking Navy SEAL. Yeah. With cauliflower yeah. ears. Which was also was kind hundred. of cool. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's why yeah. I bring it up. Like, in the middle of, uh, of you know, uh, a, you know it's, a, it's a survivalist wet dream. You go see, yeah. you go see like, yeah. the fucking wet dream of, of survivalists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And he and the dude was at home alone with his dog, and it was like, okay, well, if we're gonna hang out at anyone's house, this is the guy, yeah, who we who I want to be around. If you this know? is about to be a zombie it, apocalypse, exactly. this is the zombie killer. Exactly. You know, you know? so exactly. this is the star of the fucking movie right here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so, but also, yeah, I wouldn't be too uh, uh, impressed by the Harvard hat though, because I, I think every Navy SEAL, I don't know. Because of all the books, I've read so many books on fucking Navy SEALs during this fucking thing because they're always writing books about how not to be a pussy, right? So you're right. fucking, essentially, yeah. right? So like, yeah. you're listening to these books on tape, or not, fuck, I'm, I, I date myself every, every time I say that, a book on tape. You're listening to these fucking audibles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, and this guy, and then you're like, you're, you're, you're looking it up while you're listening to him. You're like, oh, yeah, the Navy SEAL. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, that that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. The next one, Navy yeah, yeah, SEAL. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Marine, yeah. Navy SEAL, Marine. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Credentials, 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 yeah. credentials, right. Uh I think they're all able to go to go to Harvard though, right? I mean, uh, I think yeah, they Ivy League type stuff. Right. I, but specifically Harvard? Is it specifically that they all just kind of get a scholarship to Harvard? Maybe. It might that might be that might be accurate, yeah. So he could be dumb uh, as fuck. You right. don't know. They, they, tr- <laughs> yeah, I doubt yeah. it. I fucking doubt it, though, bro. Yeah, I, don't, I think I, I think I think you got to be an A plus to be a, to be a Navy SEAL, an, an A plus type of guy. I definitely don't think he was dumb as fuck for sure. I, is he? Is he like you know summa cum laude at Harvard? Sure. Probably not. You know, but like, but you know what I'm gonna do though? 
I'm gonna fucking buy some Ivy League hat, start wearing it around, and see how pe- if, if people treat me differently. I'll, I'll 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 do that with you next time you're in town. I'll do that for a day. Like you you like just a Harvard hat or something. Or it's a fair point. I mean. He could have just been wearing the friggin' hat. I don't think he was. No, dude. There's uh, I think, no way. I think I might have even. I think I might have even asked him about it. Yeah, there's um, no way. Uh, th- but, there's, uh, there's just no way. Yeah, that dude was yeah. a straight up killer and an A plus type of a guy. I just, I yeah. just think it's uh, the, I just think it's funny. The, the hat thing is yeah. just, just kind of funny to me. Um, it was like it was kind of like a little bit of uh, douche icing. What? <laughs> 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 you know. But he wasn't uh, a douche, though, right? He was actually no, no. He was very nice. He he likes my he likes my brother. They'd met a few times before and hung out. I, he like reports, I think, to the base my brother was stationed at. Yeah, I have such a hard on for fucking uh, Navy SEALs, dude. I'm fucking yeah, dude. Like, oh, man, I wish I was I was friends with one. <laughs> yeah, so I could yeah. say this is my Navy SEAL friend. You know, that's it. Of it. He'd be like, "Would you stop? This is my leading with that. Yeah, this is my this is my navy this is my navy uh, seal friend Zach. Uh, he's a navy seal. Yes, and check out and check out that Harvard hat, huh? Yeah, yes, he's murdered lots of people. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, don't fuck with me. That's pretty much. It's <laughs> pretty much what I'm leading with. Otherwise, this guy, you know, he likes to murder. He might. Yeah. He, pre- he prefers to murder. Yes, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's ingrained in him. It's it's in his genetic code. <laughs> Uh, also the wing stop thing cracked me the fuck up. Of course, of course you did. Taco Bell cracked yeah. me the fuck up. Of course you did. I would too, bro. Bro, you know I get it, dude. I want I want all the legit food too. But if I'm fucking hammered and I'm running into a wing stop, I'm fucking getting. Yeah, challenged. it was like right down the. It was the closest thing to the dude's place. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. It is what it is. It, it, it pissed it. Uh, you can't you can't be pissed, you know what I mean? You can't you can't seem uh upset or anxious or angry. Right. First of all, in a person and you when you're a guest in someone's home anyway, but you're... also when the when the person's a navy seal, you don't want to seem like a big fat pussy like, "But I wanted or, or, or a But I wanted a toufet. Toufet. I wanted I wanted jambalaya. Uh, I'm in New Orleans. But also, you know, you're still in fucking America. It's like if if people visit yeah. Chicago, is all they're going to fucking get is deep dish pizza and a steak? You know? Right. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's our point. It's, you know, you're, you're, you still got your your your, yeah. your normal travel yeah. food. Yeah, um, for sure. And what stood out to me last thing, what, what stood out to me in this is uh, the smell of bleach in a bathroom and how, how it, it, it was comforting and how you felt it, it, it was the best you could do. Uh, right, right <laughs> yeah. there, and then how yeah. how it, it made you feel safe sh- uh, shitting in a bathroom that smelled like 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 bleach. Uh-huh. Uh, I I've, I've, I found <laughs> that very funny. interesting, and uh, and I I've also <laughs> had that experience, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, especially uh, now, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because I believe I don't know. This is my own, one and only New Orleans experience, but I believe that any other time that I would have gone there pre COVID. Yeah. I probably would have tried to walk up into that bathroom. I would have stood in line and I would have sat and or just like very quickly gotten tried to get in and out because it probably just would have been horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's true. And the fact that like we were one of two tables in this place that probably on a Sunday afternoon, are you kidding me? 
on a Sunday afternoon would have been just Packed. slammed yeah. with people. Yes. Um, yes. It, that's, uh, you know, you know what I'm, what I'm going to miss? And uh, I brought this up to one person and they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? It might have been my father. I'm going to miss like my private elevator rides up to, up to the office. I'm gonna yeah. miss. I'm gonna miss have my own personal toilet in a building that was built for thousands. I was yeah. gonna, you know, I'm gonna yeah. miss uh, like. And you know what? I love people. Everyone knows I love people, but also, yeah. you know, people can kiss my ass sometimes too. It's like I kind of, I kind of like to. I miss the busy streets. I miss the businesses being open, but I, uh, I kind of like the uh, sometimes the the little bit of privacy I have from. You know, from my home to work or. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> I agree. Yesterday we went out. I went out to meet James. We were on the phone for a little while. You you know this. And everywhere we went, I mean, it's the vaccines. It's the nice weather again. It's yeah. whatever it is. But lines, man, lines everywhere. Lines. It was insane. Lines and traffic like, is coming back. Traffic. Traffic. Yeah, traffic. I was like, damn, this is like... I know. It, it was. It was a little bit of like, I don't miss this. Dude, I was so selfish. Dude, yeah. I was in traffic the other day on Lakeshore, and I was like, I was literally talking to myself, which I'm trying to stop doing, but it's it's, it's I do make myself laugh, but I was literally talking to myself out loud where I was like, oh, fucking, here you are. Here you all are. Where were you guys a month ago? Where were you a month ago? Like, just like, like bitter, bitter and angry that like the economy is picking up and people are getting, back yeah, yeah, people are trying to get out and enjoy. I was like driving past enjoy. people and I was like, we're real tough guy <laughs> Make, making traffic bad for all of us. Most of them out for the first time in four five, six months. Yeah. They're just, br- or more. Like everything's bright and shiny. Everything's yeah. Shiny. Yeah. They haven't even seen Lake Michigan in like a year. They're coming in from like the western suburbs and stuff. You're dude, like, God there, damn it! There were, dude. There was. It, it is so funny. At the very beginning of this, when this shit first, uh, first went down, where we knew much less about the virus, and then they shut everything down. Right. Then the day mm-hmm. they shut every everything down, my job is to be like, I disinfect. Yeah. Yep. And you know, we're and you, tr- you did it basically full time. Yeah. For a while. For a while. And while, uh, yeah. we, we go, uh, I remember seeing people like streets are packed and packed. Like everyone's like, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm like packed, you know, and they're all, yeah. and, and I see like all these people, like they're all starting to run. I'm driving down Lakeshore. Everyone's running. I was like, dude, you are, it's fucking, you're right in front of each other. Right. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I remember being like, this is, this is dumber than us just going to work. We should just go yeah. to work. Cause this, <laughs> that looks more unsafe than. And then it turns out yep. when, when you're outside, it's like it dies almost immediately. Apparently, when it's outside, so uh, you know, yeah, geyser disperses. Yeah, that's what yeah. I that's what I fucking heard. It's like it, that it goes that the sunlight kills it almost immediately. Mm. I don't know if that's still true. Again, I've stopped looking up this shit. I stopped. That was dude. the other thing. I I stopped. You, you you just go crazy. You just go crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's kind of what I learned. And I feel like that's kind of more or less. When I go back and read it, obviously a lot's changed, but kind of what I was thinking at the time, and definitely what I gather from it, if you're if we're talking this being a travel guide for a pandemic, which kind of is, um, 
you can't be mad too mad at people doing just what they think is right you know like well, it's uh it's silly it yeah it's it, it is it's, it's a waste of energy exactly so you held up in your like howard stern how about this I'll, we'll name a celebrity because we will never meet howard stern and whatever Doesn't right matter. he's yeah. he's held up in it he hasn't left his house in one year Right, an entire he year. Built the studio in there, right. and he hasn't left his house. That. It's like, hey, yeah, what, like whatever. Like that's not right. what I would have done. That's not what I did do. But right. it's uh, but you know, hey, if that makes you feel comfortable, and makes you feel like you can get through it that way. Right, go right ahead. It's just, but maybe it, I should, maybe I shouldn't have gone, but I did. So instead, what it, I did it was, was uh, I didn't bro, touch anybody. I tried not to breathe on anybody. Bro, you I weren't the only you know, one. We had friends oh, here. I, I know. We had friends here. Me, me included. There, everyone at the very beginning. We were all, we were all doing whatever, whatever the fuck we wanted to do. You know. So. Yeah. Until yeah, until it became very evident that. I mean, you know, I still, I still. We all, know. we all played by the rules for like a good three weeks, and then everything yeah. got everything got political like immediately. Immediately, mm-hmm. everything yeah. got political, and then it became yeah. a shit show, and then people were arguing, right. and then people were getting divorced. Stop being a vacation for, for some right. for some couples. I remember standing yeah. in line in the grocery store, and the woman and the woman behind me was like, "You know what, honey? I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't know why I'm excited. This is gonna be fun. Like I'm just gonna get and be in my pajamas, and we're just gonna hang out, and it's just gonna be a really fun time. We get to spend spend time together." I remember listening yeah. to that. I remember listening to that, being like, "Dude, like." You guys, you guys are breaking up. You guys are breaking yeah, up. that this shit is, ain't lasting. I got, I, I almost felt his soul just sink deep within his butthole and hide and, and, and hide there, <laughs> just because he's just like, oh god, an entire year stuck inside. He just go, he just goes, uh huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just gives her that, like, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 baby. I can't wait, yeah. I can't wait to be around you too. Uh. You're, yeah, you're, you're so, yeah, totally. Totally. Inside, yeah. he's just screaming. Yeah. Banging fuck, his, fuck, his fuck, head fuck, against fuck. his head. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm so fucked. I'm fucked. I'm so fucked. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, etouffee? Yeah. Etouffee? Etouffee? Hey, what is etouffee again? It's basically... A, it, I, I I wondered the same thing, and I had to order it just because I love the name. And I like, the, I like the, all the food down there any, anyway, but... It's not dissimilar from like a gumbo or, or a jambalaya. Like a, it's like a stewish sort of seafood stew with mm. uh, crawfish and right. Uh, it's very spicy and usually like over rice or something like that. Is it you Cajun know? or Creole? Shit, you're gonna have to ask Josh Fontenot about that. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't. I stopped I don't asking him because he. Uh, you know what? I'm cause, googling cause, it because he because he thinks. I'm like trying to pick on him when I when I when I apparently you know it's it's a it's an entirely di- different ethnic group so it's like if you're Cajun you're Cajun if you're Creole you're Creole so it's like but I'm so ignorant I don't know what the fuck <laughs> I don't know what the fuck anything is so I don't according, a, I'm not from the South you know yeah uh, according to NewOrleans.com one of the simplest differences between the two cuisine types is that Creole food. Uh, typically uses tomatoes and tomato-based sauces, while traditional Cajun food does not. So I think... Well, I yeah. Remember. And also, I, th- I don't think Cajun food is necessarily spicy. 
Gotcha. So then Creole might be Yeah, the like the the Creole seasoning that you get from a store tends to be pretty spicy. Hey man, there used to be this a fucking Italian Creole place on Irving Park. Do you remember that joint? Yes. Uh yes. It had like the snooty fucking bartenders and clientele. Yes. But the yeah, right food, across the street. Yeah, but the food. The food was out of this fucking world, bro. It was just mm-hmm. it was just spicy Italian food. I mean, it was Creole, dude. It was just spicy Italian food. I don't know why they even put the, put the word Creole in it. It was just yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know? it was like pasta with some Cajun spices. Yeah, or like, yeah, or like, a fucking crawdad in it or some shit. Yeah, or right. Sucking his brains out of. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll end it. I gotta go do my yoga, and yeah, uh, I gotta work out too. Hey, all right. Hey, high five. Uh, and uh, I guess next week I'll be. Writing my response to the best of my ability, the time frame, uh, the of Zach was going through, my like what I was going through at the same time, and then yeah, and then eventually it all meets up because I guess the week after that, me and you, it's me and you, buddy. Uh, right? Yeah, I did. It doesn't take long, I don't think, for us to head downtown Chicago and uh, start. You know, fight the Rona, fight the Rona, Rona busters, Rona busters, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bro. Rona busters. Rona busters all day long, man. I wish I had traps. I wish I, I wish I had traps, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. That would be great. Yeah. That'd be great. All they're right. just traps, but they're little like air purifiers. You yeah. slide them. Yeah. yeah. The free floating uh Southport two. <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of Long Beach Sevens here. <laughs> Oh, man. What a day. What a day. All right. Oh, man. Long Beach 7s, anywhere else 4s, basically. Anywhere else 4s. But what are, what, wait, four. what are you? Shit, I'm a Long Beach 10, baby. What What are you a Chicago? Uh, Probably a 6 or a 7. Okay. What am I? 6 and a half. What am I in Long you, Beach? You're an anywhere 10, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, you know you know how to get to my heart, bro. You know what I want to hear. You know what I want to hear, man. The only thing, the only thing you could have said maybe a little better next time is like I'm an eleven. <laughs> an eleven would make me feel really good. I, it's all about yeah, you yeah, making yeah. me feel good. It's like monster. Yeah, yeah, sure. Make sure. me feel good. I'm Holly Berry, and I want you to make me feel good. <laughs> I want you to make me feel good. Or is that, is that Monsters and I, and Ball? I'm Monsters Bob. Ball? I'm, I'm Billy Bob and Billy you're Bob, Holly Berry. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm smoking hot <laughs> with huge tits. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are we doing? Don't thanks, work too everybody. hard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, don't work too hard, everybody. Sorry, let me do that again. Let me do that again. <laughs> don't work too hard. Just... <laughs> But don't stop working. Hey, hey, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, don't, don't work too hard, everybody. Everybody, wait, wait, wait. Let me do that again. 